Welcome to the Leaders Edge podcast. I'm Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leaders Edge. This episode continues our podcast series with global insurer AXA XL. I talk with Rose Hall, Senior Vice President and Head of Innovation for the Americas, as well as Billy Bowles, Southwest Property Underwriting Leader and Ecosystem Ambassador for AXA XL. We discuss the intersection of their two roles as the insurer works to tie innovation directly to the underwriting function. We look at specific areas of innovation, client adoption, and how it all plays out in policy terms and conditions. Give it a listen. So welcome everyone to our latest um, AXA XL podcast series. We, a few months ago, had our most recent podcast with AXA XL's Chief Distribution Officer, Bob Peretti. We had a great conversation right before RIMS. We talked all about the property market, capacity, underwriting, all kinds of issues going on there, uh, none of which has changed all that much. So we will get into a little bit of that with our new guests. I'm here with Rose Hall, who is the Senior Vice President and Head of Innovation for Americas for AXA XL, and Billy Voles, who is Southwest Property Underwriting Leader, as well as an Ecosystem Ambassador for AXA XL, which we will get into and explain. So welcome, Rose and Billy. Hi there. Great Thank you here. for having us. It's great to have you all here. I'm very excited to continue this conversation. Um, we're going to start off with you, Rose, actually, because you have a new role here, head of innovation at AXA XL, and I want to, uh, I want our listeners to understand why that role was created, what you're doing, and then how you're working with Billy's team. Absolutely, Sandy. Thanks. Uh, glad to be here, and I'm glad to talk about this topic. Uh, the Head of Innovation for America's role is pretty unique. We created it last year, and it stemmed from the need to have an innovation presence, not just in our operations groups, not just dedicated to technology and infrastructure and business architecture. We already have all that. What I feel we're lacking as an industry is innovation tied directly to underwriting. And so this role was created last year, and it reports to the Chief Underwriting Officer of the Americas, and it's dedicated to the client-facing efforts our underwriters are, are putting forth, and really just dedicated to delighting the customer, helping them reduce their risk, helping our customers build resilient businesses, um, so that hopefully we'll have more to insure for them. Great. Well, I thank you for um, sharing that with us and opening this conversation up for us as we delve in further. Uh, we're going to go to Billy now um, and talk a, a little bit about from your underwriter perspective, you know, what are you seeing? What are you hearing from clients? And, you know, when I talked with Bob, he talked about uh, underwriters having to look at new things, look at hidden costs, change their approach a little bit. Any of that that, that you'd like to talk about with us? Sure. Now, great. Appreciate it, Sandy. Yeah, you know, let, let me start with kind of just kind of what we're experiencing right now um, in property underwriting. And so, you know, from a new business standpoint, <clears throat> what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of uh, submission flow throughout the first half of the year. 
And you know, really, this is this this seems to be from clients and brokers out there exploring for all potential options, right, for pricing and coverage. And as you kind of alluded to in the in the previous podcast, right, things with Bob, you know, what we've seen is a continuation of sort of these cat events and these large loss events, right. So um, more than ever, right, we see this increasing catastrophic risk landscape, the effects of that, and then from a non-cat side, right, loss costs are up because all the other things that have been happening in the world the last two years. So when you think about the total cost of risk, right, our clients and what they're experiencing, right, that has increased dramatically. And we haven't really seen that sort of bend to any extent just yet. So, <clears throat> so where it takes us and what we're seeing is, you know, for clients is even more so nowadays, right, that that desire to partner with the insurance carrier, right? And then really it's it, it's after that, it's trying to secure some stability within their insurance programs. And, you know, from our standpoint, whether it's new business or renewal business, <clears throat> the first approach we take with our clients, right, is establishing, laying the groundwork for that healthy partnership. And then what we try to do is we try to expand this across all lines of business, right? So, therefore, we can work together to build what we would, what we would see as durable insurance programs. But with this new added sort of benefit here that Rose and I are going to talk a little bit more about, right, which is sort of insurance related technologies and services that we like to bring, find out in the world, bring to our clients, right, to help them address specific risk problems, right? And in turn, all of this, the aim is to hopefully, right, allow these programs, these clients to be able to sustain through, right, the, um, the challenges that we see out in the world today. So you talked a lot about working with clients in in navigating this stuff and navigating these challenges. So I asked to both of you, because we hear brokers all the time struggling with how to, you know, have these difficult conversations about pricing um, and wanting to have more holistic conversations about risk management. So how are you working with brokers on on these types of conversations and really delivering this these these products which we will get into shortly uh to clients yeah no it's a great question and yeah you know, i would say right now when we think about the what's happening with total cost of risk right and what our clients are experiencing and going back to the partnership side of things right so we look at it a couple of different ways um, we definitely need to partner with our brokers right um, they need to advocate for us we need to support them they support their clients right this is a partnership amongst all stakeholders involved um, and certainly when we talk about and we think about these new technologies and solutions right I think it makes the most sense for us to bring them into the mix so they understand what we have identified, what types of services that we can bring the clients, and then we can have them work with us, right, to be able to find that right match between technology and client pain points. And that way, you know, we're both bringing sort of this comprehensive solution to our clients. Um, now, when we think about sort of outside of that, the other part of your question was when we talk about sort of what's happening with pricing and rates and things like that, what we do with our clients, so and aside from bringing these new solutions, is also we take a look at that program and it's, you know, while rate and pricing is important, <clears throat> we also look at the entire program in, term, in terms of the terms and conditions, right? So what we're trying to find are opportunities within an insurance program to say, hey, if, we, if we're looking for portfolio improvement, right, to be able to sustain for the long term with a client to provide this coverage as a partnership, um, then we look at other elements of the program, right? As there potential 
terms and conditions, deductibles, deductibles that can change, not just the price, right? So we can truly take a full comprehensive approach to a program, provide the best benefit to that client based on the risk transfer side of things. And then again, sort of supplement support with these insurance related technologies and services that we can bring to the client. Yeah, great comments, Billy. And I'll just tack on top of that because um, when we zoom out to what that looks like, you know, when you look at property and then you zoom out to what it looks like for all of our customers, what we created with our ecosystem is a way to address not just the parts of risk that we affect, with insurance, there's there's really three ways our customers can manage risk, right? That's risk management 101. The three ways you manage risk are you give it away to somebody else uh, through through a contract or you buy insurance for it or you decide to keep it, right? Retain, transfer, or um, buy insurance for it. And we, we as an industry have been traditionally focused on the part where you buy insurance for it. Naturally, we're an insurance company, we're an insurance industry, but thinking more about our customer's risk profile as um, all three of those pieces and not just the part where we our products can help, but we think about how we can help them with the risk they're retaining. And that's helping them with technologies that can help reduce that risk, even if it's something that we're not actually insuring. Some of our customers have very, very high deductibles. Um, some of our programs, you know, five, 10 million even. And we want our customers to know that we're concerned with their risk in all of those layers, not just the part that hits our books, right? So when we think about helping them with risk-reducing technologies and other solutions, we're really trying to help the entire organization. And when we help them control their risk holistically, not just by transferring it to us through insurance, we really become that deeper partner with them. And we, we um, solidify that relationship in a way that shows them that we are in the risk with them, regardless of what part of it we are actually taking on our balance sheet, we want them to be successful organizations that are profiting and growing and able to innovate and drive our society forward. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of innovation to be had in the universe, and not a lot of companies will take risk if they don't know that some part of it is shared with someone else, so that they're not completely putting themselves out there on the line. So. We see our role as an insurer as really being the backbone of progress and the backbone of innovation by enabling our customers to stick their necks out just a little bit, create something newer and more interesting, knowing that we've got their backs in the long run. Bruce, that's a great point. I think we we do definitely see more and more companies having to keep more of that risk, right? As pricing goes up and, and things happen, we see it on the healthcare side, we see it on the PC side. So. Um, that's a great point that you're making in terms of that holistic risk management. Uh, let's get into some of these technologies a little bit further that you all are are developing. Um, first question is, are clients receptive to using them? And then what tech seems to be getting the most attention? Clients generally are very receptive to new technologies. Everybody likes a shiny blinky object that promises you the world, right? Um, their challenge is that 10 years ago, there wasn't enough technology to help mitigate the risks that our customers are facing. Now the problem is there's too much and they're not sure where to start and what is real and what's um, pie in the sky, what is actually risk reducing and and going to produce a return on their investment or what's just cool. Uh, so we're helping them quell the noise of all the technologies that are out there and by um, by 
doing the research for them, making the comparisons, talking to their peers. That's one of the biggest things our customers really enjoy about our our ecosystem of technologies is that they can say, well, what are other companies my size and shape that do what we do? What are they using and do they like it? And then we can share those testimonials um, and help them find the right text to meet their needs. Yeah, and a couple of the new technologies that seem to be getting the most attention are um, broadly, I would say, AI powered imagery. So computer, computer vision powered imagery that can say, um, watch a warehouse floor and identify a puddle that could potentially be a slip hazard. That's um, that's getting a lot of attention. Also, it can identify using AI, it can identify all, all kinds of things, all kinds of safety infractions that can be mitigated before they cause a problem. The next one I would say has been pretty hot is telematics and advanced driving assistance systems, ADAS. This is collecting data from the way humans drive and helping figure out what type of driving behavior requires some coaching to improve driving behavior, and then also can intervene with the driver and help prevent a collision, say um, lane departure warning or radar that tells you when you're getting too close to the vehicle in front of you. Um, again, computer vision that can tell, that can notice when your eyes are down and beep at you or flash at you to let you know, hey, you might've been falling asleep or just looking at your phone while you're driving. So um, imagery and telematics and ADAS. And then um, another one would be water mitigation, of course. I'll let Billy talk a little bit more about water mitigation. Yeah, and uh, and I, I did want to talk more about the spill on aisle four uh, type of technology <laughs> that you mentioned before. But anyways, uh, we'll jump right into water mitigation. And so, <clears throat> yeah, what's great about that is, and, and let me back up a quick second. So, you know, when we think about the, the losses that we see coming and rolling in through the door, um, water damage is, is the largest uh, loss category we experience in terms of number of losses and volume, right? And so this is a type of peril, right, that spreads across many industries and across many of our clients. It's not just hotels and offices, right? So it's basically, we're looking at <clears throat> healthcare, we're looking at high-tech manufacturing, data processing, financial institutions, food manufacturing, you name it. There's not many client businesses that are immune, right, to the threat of water damage. And so the other thing that we've been seeing <clears throat> is we've been seeing a big increase in those costs, right? So with the supply chain issues of the past couple of years, the material shortages, labor increased costs, what this is all sort of worked out as is we're seeing the average cost of this type of loss double in many, many cases. So we focused our attention on the uh, flow sensing and leak, detec leak detection type of technology. And really what this does is this will be able to detect small leaks, right, within a facility, that type that happened in the middle of the night on the weekend, right, and then you find it two days later, it's spread down two, three floors, created a whole bunch of damage. Um, everything from that to that large catastrophic leak or failure, right, where maybe it was an accidental sort of strike from a contractor with a larger pipe inside the building, or it might have been a coupling failure or, or some sort of mechanical failure, right? So, so the way this works is the technology senses the flow, the normal patterns, it, it observes a building's normal flow patterns, and then it identifies signatures, right, where it identifies the equipment. So it knows what's a toilet when a toilet flushes, it knows what a sink is, it knows what a piece of mechanical, mechanical equipment is in the building. 
right? And so then as it scans continuously over time, it's looking for seeking anomalies, right? Things that are outside of the normal pattern or flow. So in that example where you have a catastrophic pipe break, you're gonna have the surge of water flowing. It's gonna pick it up immediately. And then what happens from there is typically a set of preset conditions that the owner will have with the company. One of our partners that says, hey, you're gonna either send me a text, a phone call or an email, or you're gonna go ahead and shut off the water within a certain short amount of time, right? So, so that's basically how it works there. Another benefit that we're finding right with this technology is the capability to monitor water consumption, right? And this really speaks to some of our clients sustainability objectives nowadays. So with this technology, with the data and analytics that come along with it, a client may be able to sit there and monitor the daily monthly flow, set targets of objectives, and then spot any potential inefficient equipment that might be overusing water and then potentially saving the client thousands of gallons a year. I think that that is a great last point that you made on the monitoring of consumption and leads us into a little bit of a, a conversation around clients of yours who are working on ESG goals or just general sustainability. Um, is this something that you you're discussing with them and offering as you know an additional benefit of these of these technologies? We are. It's definitely coming up in the conversations, right? And then specific to water mitigation, <clears throat> when we do demonstrate this product with some customers, we are getting a lot of interest, right, on that side of things. Um, you know, first and foremost when this technology was developed right it had the approach of let's identify prevent mitigate sort of water damage itself but this added benefit here really really is becoming a front and center type of conversation um and it's it's really becoming a useful tool to be able to identify that now i'll kick it over to rose because rose has some perspective as well on some of the other technologies that speak to the esg side of things yeah, yeah. And um, the other the one other category I would mention in this conversation would also be worker wearables. And so when we think about supporting our customers in their whole picture of risk, right, we thought about what else can we support them with? What are their business goals beyond just protecting their risk? Um, everybody wants to grow. They want to grow profitably. We are all interested in promoting ESG in our businesses, including AXA Excel. And we feel the best way we can do that is to not just not just do it for our own colleagues and our own organization, but to help our customers achieve that as well. So when we look at the categories that we just talked about, and there's many more, there's there's um, there's wildfire detection tools, there's um, earthquake detection tools, there's a whole bunch of tools in our suite, but I'll stick with the top four for now. Um, the telematics, water mitigation, worker wearables, and imagery and computer vision. We look at the ESG components of those. They are supporting environmental goals by through water consumption um, on the water mitigation tools. The telematics and the worker wearables are protecting humans. That's your social component. Um, all of it, all of it, all of the data that it comes from these technologies can help support the governance of all of those things. And so, you know, there's a lot we're already doing as an industry to protect our risk that also gets you a little bit of credit on the ESG side. We just figured why not share that share it that way with 
the industry and with our clients and say, hey, by the way, if you're protecting your water mitigation, you're stopping leaks, but you're also able to better conserve water. It's a double whammy. So um, we're just, it's another way to get deeper with the customer and to help them meet their goals, regardless of whether or not it's something we physically ensure. All right. Um, Billy, I know that you mentioned earlier looking at, uh, you know, terms and conditions in terms of po policies and working with clients on multiple factors of their policy. But does tech adoption of some of these, you know, say the top four that Rose mentioned, do these have any, do they do they lead to loss prevention and more favorable rates and terms? Does, does any of that play out in their pricing? No, great question. Yeah, so when you think about property conservation as a whole, right? Now, you have elements of <clears throat> risk engineering or loss prevention practices, good safety practices by the client, maybe with the help of an insurance carrier like ourselves, and then sort of the added benefit and the inclusion of the insurance-related technologies and services, right? Sort of that, that comprehensive approach there. <clears throat> we would expect, right? a sort of more prevention, more mitigation, reducing that overall loss cost, right? In some cases we've seen that. And, you know, that lends itself to more favorable rate and terms. All right, so one last question for you all, just on the on the client service side, we, we need to come back to this ecosystem ambassador conversation as well. How are you all tying it together um, and, and working with your clients to make sure that they're aware of and adopting these technologies um, and really doing your best to kind of ensure this holistic risk mitigation is happening. Yeah, Sandy, so what we did was we created an internal network here at AxXL of what we're calling the ecosystem ambassadors and ecosystem being the collection of technologies in our suite, the thought leadership that supports that, some benchmarking services that help our customers figure out where they stand and where they'd like to improve with technology adoptions. That's a breadth of our ecosystem. And in order to get that out into the universe and really make it meaningful for the customer, we, um, we can't sit here in an innovation group um, in the middle of a very, very large organization and hope that this goes out into the wild and is successful. It's a, it's a group effort. It's a team effort. So what we did was we enlisted two ecosystem ambassadors from each of our America's business units. So that's nine different lines of business, um, including property, of course, where we have Billy here. And what they're doing is exactly what Billy is doing times nine. So understanding the specific market for the for the insurance products we write in that line of business, understanding the customers, understanding their problems, their risks, what they're looking for in a technology and how we can best help. And then each one of those ambassadors has their own ambassador network within their line of business. So Billy's got, I would, you know, somewhere between, I'm going to guess 10 and 15 of his own ambassadors within his property group that he's training to do the same. So that when every one of our XXL representatives, whether it's an underwriter or a claims professional or a risk consultant, when anyone from XXL sits with a customer, they're armed with all the things we're able to offer the customers, uh, including our ecosystem, which by the way, the technologies that we have in our suite, we've negotiated rates with them such that they all provide our customers with a discount. So that's a real benefit to the customer and to the technology, frankly, because we're giving the technology exposure to customers that really need them. 
really need their solution and really are invested in technology. So we've got all our ambassadors um, talking every day with our customers and our brokers about what we have to offer here and making sure that it comes across as a holistic offering from the organization. As part of the service we provide our customers, this ecosystem is included in that, in that relationship, in that service. Wow, that is that's really comprehensive. Billy, any final thoughts you want to add on on working in this way? Now, I, I mean, Rose pretty much said it great. And yeah, the only thing I'd say is, <clears throat> yeah, as sort of we look in within the line of business and property, as she described, you know, we have around 10 of our own ambassadors. <clears throat> you know, we really lean on these folks and some of which are actual risk engineers. Um, that we have in the organization, if you think about it, right? So they're walking through our clients' facilities every day. They're already talking and thinking loss prevention all day, constantly. So they're seeing, you know, a lot of the sort of the pain points, these clients, right, um, at a facility level that, you know, we discuss and talk to the corporate clients, they may not sort of understand fully or see all the potential sort of risk out there. So we really, it's like some insight directly into what's happening boots on the ground, on the front lines with the client in their facilities. So they're able to sort of take that back to us and say, hey, you know, we're starting to see some trends, you know, and, and then they're out there trying to help find in these new solutions, right? So we can then sort of bring that back to our pipeline. And then as we investigate, and again, it's all about finding that technology and finding the right match to specific client pain points, right? So it's a very good process the way it works, right? We just kind of started it last year within property. And we're working to sort of, sort of build that together to be a really strong engine to help us push forward even more with the uh, technology development and, and searching for our clients. Well, it sounds like you guys are, are really moving this forward and it's going to be exciting to see how you roll it out into, you know, all other business lines. Thank you so, so much for joining me. It's been great furthering this conversation with you all. Um, getting deeper into property, technology, and risk management. Thanks, Sandy. Thank you very much, Sandy. That was Rose Hall and Billy Bowles of AXA XL. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. For more in our AXA XL podcast series, go to leadersedge.com.